His great house, the home of peace. No matter how much of how deep you have gone, how far you have gone, he still comes after us. And that's joy only to, to know that. So it means that my my ability to be with him is not how much more of me wanting to be with him, but how much of him wanting me to be with him. So if the strength of me being with him is not in my own desire, then it cannot fail me. If it is in the strength of my desire to be with him, and that was what Peter was doing. Peter was saying, no, don't worry. We will do this. Uh, you will deny me before the cock crows three times. Because Peter genuinely had a desire to be with him. So I have a desire to actually serve God. I have a desire not to be in sin. I have that desire. But the truth is, my desire can never sustain me to stay in that. So until that is love has been has been shed. He said the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. So until his love came, that's the only thing that can guarantee my staying in him. Amen. So that, that alone is enough joy. So at those times that I'm in a terrible state, I can still see his love calling after me. But just like I shared, was it last week? The prodigal son thought I would just come and be a slave. No, those are the times you just feel to yourself, oh more now, messed up. I don't was it. But the, the scripture said the father saw him coming from afar. He ran after him. So it's not the strength of my love for him. It's the strength of his love for me. Yeah. Amen. So it means that my thought, my thought pattern should change. If my thought pattern changes, I will walk in power. So if my thought power changes from me being able to, it will change to, from him being able to enable me to and that was where Peter and I entered into. He said, after, after the Pentecost, after they now gathered in the place and the fire came upon them, the same Peter who was afraid before, he now began to talk because he was no longer talking by the strength of his will or his desire. He was now talking by the strength of the spirit of the man who enabled him. So I'm no longer walking by the light of my strength. See, my strength will fail. I have seen it. It will fail me. I have tried it. I'm telling you, there are times I've done it. I've said to myself, oh, I cannot do this. I'll do this. I went into things that my strength failed me woefully. See, I've preached my best the day I felt my worst. I'm telling you, I've preached my best. Like the days I preached that I was going to take the mic and I was asking myself, can you do this? And I finished preaching and people were coming and saying, I got so blessed. You don't understand. What blessed are you blessed? I felt so, you, you blessed my soul, you blessed my spirit. And I'm in the corner, I'm saying to myself, but I don't feel any good. Oh, and it's not by my feelings. It's not how good I feel about myself. It's how good this is. Yeah. Amen. So what will not help me to stand strong, will not be me to shift my gaze from my ability to have studied enough, I have done enough, I have practiced enough, I have stayed away from this enough, to his, my, to his own ability that he can and he always, he's the only one who never fails. Sincerely, guys, don't let me deceive you. If you try your strength, you'll fail. Ah, we'll fail, we'll fail. We'll fail, we'll fail. It's love enough, it's all that we need. And that is our source of joy. So I'm saying to somebody here that, I'm saying to somebody here this morning that you are able, you are capable, no matter what you feel like at the moment, no matter how you feel, no matter what the situation is, you are capable. My brother, the spirit of the Lord is going to help you. You are going to have strong breakthroughs. And so be able to pray for you. Just, just go and, and yeah. You see, while we're praying, I was just saying that, you know, you are going to enter 
what your Lord desires from you is called consistency. You are going to enter into some stages of breakthrough. You are going to enter into stuffs. All you just need to do is to stay consistent. The Lord is going to come upon you. He's going to do stuffs in your life. What He's just asking is if you can just stay consistent. If you can stay consistent. And it's going to, you're going to see it. It's going to be a performance. You know, when you keep moving from face to face, face to face, things will begin to happen. Your doors will open. Things you have struggled with, they just begin to break through for you. Because it's the Spirit of the Lord that's going to help you do it. It's His help. It's not where you are. It's not your background. It's not your family. It's not your academic background. It's not all of those things don't matter. The Lord is going to send a help to you. A help in the form of a man. It's going to come. And it's going to come through for you. And what the Lord is desiring is just stay consistent with me. And it's going to be so powerful in you. Amen. So the Lord, the Lord is wanting you to just stay on His strength. It's only on His strength we can, we can move and we can walk. And that's where our joy is. Amen. Amen. Alright. Today, today I want to close the teaching on you know, call to ministry. Um, okay, we may have our seat. Thank you guys. Let's have our seat. Alright. Let's, let's, let's say hi to someone around. Say hi to someone around. Man, you can tell the person you look good. Okay. Can I have Minister Wafemi and Minister Dotu come forward? Yeah. You see? Yes, yes. You know, you see, you see, the truth is, you guys are not treating me well. <laughs> I, went to, I went to do a teaching one hour in a place yesterday, just one hour. They gave me two envelopes. You guys have been giving me just bottled water. <laughs> so, so today, you know, I want to take, I have, you know, this, there's a guy who wrote on Twitter this week that he doesn't know what pastors are doing with those who stay in front. You know, most pastors use protocol. He said it's not necessary and they should sit in front. Whether it's not necessary or not. Today, I have, and, and it's a protocol they ask us to. You know, there's color. It's color blue. So in case anybody wants to try me, <laughs> I have I have protocols. <laughs> Emmanuel will use the camera. Alright, great. Go and sit down. Just joking. Awesome. Can we just bless God for today? You know, the concept of you know dress for joy was just something that I was I was really troubled about stuff. I was only really troubled and I was in the midst of the thought and I was just thinking about it. And you know, when, when you are when you are tired, you are going through stuff, it really affects every other thing you do. It affects the way you respond to people, it affects how you dress. You know, you just be like, oh, let me just wear this. You just want to wear anything, you want to go out. And it just rang in my ear that the response to adversity is to dress for joy. And I was like, wow, interesting. What does this mean? So it means that you are not doing what the circumstance dictates to you. So you know when we are going through circumstances, it's natural to just respond to the circumstance, um, and that just dictates the mood of what we do. But the Lord is saying, you know, that was what David did many times when David had done something terrible and he's trying to, you know, the time where the the child he had with Abigail had to die. 
and was praying to God, praying to God. And when God finally killed the child, the guy just went to start eating. And his servants were like, ah, oh God, before this child died, you were not eating, you were praying, you were fasting. And we thought that when the guy finally died, you know, he should be very sorrowful and all that. Bros. David just, give me food. Let me eat. And the Lord gave him another promise. And the Lord gave him another child. So, you know, when we go through adversity, it's normal, it's natural to just enter into that mood swing, depression, and all of that. But the Lord is saying, when, when you are in adversity, the right response to it is for you to dress for joy. Prepare for the joy that is ahead. So you don't dress in the moment. You don't dress for the moment. You don't dress based on the circumstance. And this is not just the physical dressing, right? It's the posture of our heart. So there are times I just want to force myself to... So one of the things I do is I don't even stay alone at those times. I want somebody to be around. So I crack jokes. I do all of that. And it begins to strengthen my heart. Amen. Alright. So I want us to do something as we close this this uh, session, this um, series rather, on call to ministry. Sincerely, it's been one very interesting series for me because I didn't believe in my mind. I thought it was four weeks. So last week, I was already happy. Well, it's finished. Until I saw that it was five weeks, I was like, wow, the same. How will I speak on the same thing? And somehow it has just flowed through. So I want us to do something to close it. We're going to minister to each other. So I'll teach briefly then we'll go into that. So what it's going to entail is, you know, just as the scripture says, each one of you has come with a psalm, with him, with prophecy. So we're going to have that demonstrated here. So where we have everybody minister to each other. So we have people who receive songs and somebody else will tell us the meaning here. We have people who pray in the spirit and somebody will interpret the tongues here. So everybody will minister to everybody here this morning. Amen. So I just thought to prepare for that. So that prayer session was just to prepare our heart and our spirit for something like that. Amen. So um, are we excited about that? And are we ready to do that? Because that is that is the church. Amen. And that's what we have been trying to do here to prepare people, to prepare people for the work, not exactly to make people feel excited to come to church. No, we want to prepare people for the work. So when you do it here, you can replicate it outside. So you are, somebody here who may have not given any word of prophecy before, you give your word of prophecy. And that will give you confidence to meet somebody in your office who is going through something. And you see that the person's countenance is sad. And you're saying, yeah, Tutu, can I pray with you? And you can receive the word of God for that person. So when you do it here, you see how it works. You know that these things are normal life of a believer, not the life of a pastor. Amen. 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 All right, so we'll do that. Okay, so before we... Um, so let's just run into the word. Um, so this is the fifth part of call to ministry. And I started last week on cultivating your ministry. We'll just continue on that because of our time. I'll run run quite fast than my usual. Please try and stay on track with me with time. I'll try to be obedient today. Amen. Okay. So last week, we, we started looking at the first thing. And what was the first thing I, I said we need to understand to cultivate your ministry? Anybody? What's the first thing? Know, know that you're a minister here, and then I just know that you have something to give. So, because of those who are not really in the series, I'm going to do another run through of what we have done so far. Um, so, we have been able to establish that ministry is for everybody, that every believer is a minister. Every believer is a minister. 
And we have been able to establish that we have two classifications when it comes to ministry. We have ministry gifts and we have ministers. Now, the ministry gifts are what we hear when people say, are you in a five-fold ministry? So where we have the pastors, the evangelists, the apostles, um, prophets, and teacher. So that's the five-fold ministry. It's actually called the ministry gifts. So that's one part. Then we have the second part, who are the ministers. So everybody in the church, you know, we say church members. Actually, they should be called, and as far as we are concerned here, it's not church members, they are ministers. And those who are on this part are ministry gifts. So that is the correct establishment of the church. Because everybody in the church is expected to be able to be of service to God. And that's what makes you a minister. So that's why I see somebody who is a disciple like Ananias. Ananias was not a pastor, was not a prophet, was not anything. But he was the one who God used to uh, meet the need of calling Paul into his ministry. So now, if Ananias was somebody like the way we have been trained today to see ourselves as church members, he would have felt, how would I be the one to go and pray for? In fact, you know, Ananias was even so sharp enough. He knew what was going on with Paul. He knew what Paul had been doing. Now, if I ask many of us about what are the current things going on in missionary stuff in Nigeria now, we don't have the idea because we don't believe that it's our concern. But when you come to that point where you know you are a minister, some certain things you start thinking are your concerns. Amen. So we have been able to establish all of that. Then we went ahead to start talking about, um, what did we talk about? <laughs> what did we talk about? So yeah, we're also able to establish that spiritual gifts are not ministry gifts. And spiritual gifts is not exclusive to ministry gifts. So spiritual gift is for everybody. So that's what helps ministers. Now, call to ministry. Ministry gift is an office that separates the ministers and the ministry gift. So that you are not called a pastor does not mean you cannot operate in the gift of prophecy. That you are not called a prophet does not mean you cannot operate in the gift of teaching. Amen. So we've established all of that. So let's just run straight. So last week we were able to say the first thing you need to do to cultivate your ministry is that you know that you have something to give. Amen. Amen. So when you know that you have something to give as a minister, as we have established in Mark 16, 15, that's another conversation we had entirely on the things that you have as a believer. You know, Mark 16, 15 began to talk about the fact that a believer, you should be able to lay hands on the sick, they will be whole. You should be able to drive out demons. You should be, you, you should be able to speak in other tongues and all of that. So these are things that qualify you as being a minister. Amen. So, the first thing I said last week, I'm just, and it's good to repeat some of these things so that it just ticks well into our ears. So, we are not, we are not in haste. So, we do it well so that some of us, it begins to bring in our, ring in our ears. So, you know you have something to give. So, say, I have something to give. I have something to give. I have something to give. So, if somebody comes to meet you now, just like the same way that beggar was asking Peter for um, money at the beautiful gate, you know, he said, such as we have we give. So you have something to give. And we have been able to establish also that that Mark 16, 15 is a representation of all of the spiritual gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians. I've been able to establish that for us, right? So it means that you have something to give. And another thing we discussed which is important to this conversation is that the best gift for every moment is actually the gift needed at that moment. 
So I can, I can actually, you see, that's why the scripture says you can covet. You can covet this gift. So when you are in a place where somebody is sick and you know that this person is sick and the person needs prayer for healing, you cannot say because what is dominant in me is the gift of teaching. I cannot pray to heal the sick. That's not correct. So you can covet it at that moment and you will pray for the sick and the sick will be whole. That does not make you open an healing ministry. You know, that's what we see today. So when somebody actually does something, maybe uh, one or twice, the next thing, we will say we don't help people. You know, immediately somebody does something, especially people who are diligent in church, immediately they do something twice. Maybe somebody said, ah, the day, the day brother Shegun prayed for me, I got healed. Another person came again. The day, the next thing, want to open a branch that is focused on healing ministry. And the person who heard that church is Brother Ashegu. So that does not, that a gift, that you have a gift does not necessarily make you called to the office. So that you prophesy does not make you a prophet. The office of a prophet requires a calling. They are set in the church. Amen. But we must have a church where the spiritual gifts are dominant. You must have a church where I can call on you. Now, there are people I call. I have friends who I call. Like, so, I, I was trying to get through something. I, I've been very confused about a certain decision and, and all of that. And there's this girl, very young girl. I know that the gift of uh, the prophetic is dominant in her. She's not a prophet. So, I cannot say because she, she sees me as a spiritual leader, you know, kind of those stuff. But me, I know. Now, when it comes to this particular gift, it's dominant in uh, it operates very often. In, uh, and I call her, I have this, I'm, I'm trying to walk through this. Can you pray with me on this? And next two, three days, she called me, said, This is what I saw. Uh-huh. Me, I don't see like that. But when you, you see and you tell me, I'll interpret it in the scriptures for you. That's my own. Do you understand? So we must have a church where these things are dominant. And if people are not taught to know, they may not express it. So the church, you must know that you have something. This thing is dominant here. The gift is dominant. You know, there are even times that it is the church. That's why Paul will keep saying anytime. He say, please pray for us. That we have our trans, we have this. Because it is not just the, the people who are in the um, ministry gift office now that just operate in the spiritual gift. So the spiritual gift is for all of us. And I've explained to us that all of what the ministry gift does is to help you as the ministers, that you are able to do the work of ministry. Because I will not be in your office to speak with that guy who is misbehaving in your office. I will not be in your office to, to minister to somebody who is sick in your office. You are the one that will be there. So if you don't understand that you, you are a minister, you will not be able to flow in these things. Amen. 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 I want the same page on that. Alright. I think I've taken time to just do a recap. So the next thing after you know, so and what we are trying to now establish now is now that I know that I'm a minister, now that I know that I have stuff, how do I cultivate it? How do you work in it? You know, you can have stuff that will just operate in you once in a while. You know, there are some of us now who may we may stumble on certain gifts or certain expression. We say, ah, one day like that, that thing just do me. I lay hand on the person, and after that time, I didn't feel it again because you didn't cultivate it. It doesn't mean it's not there. But if you don't cultivate it, you not operate in the maximum expression of it. Amen. So for me, now I'm using myself as an example just to drive some of this thing. Home. Now, for me, teaching came as something I did it. It was people who, 
no, no, I told you last week, you are not supposed to be looking for your ministry up and down. What's my ministry? What's my ministry? What's my ministry? Just keep doing what you are doing. In fact, most of the time, it's people who tell you. People who start saying some things, you're like, ah, I was blessed by so, 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 so. So you discover that you are not pursuing it. The thing just keeps expressing itself. Why you stay in the place of obedience? So why you are just serving? You know, you are just in the church. You are serving faithfully. And this thing begins to operate, operate. And you just say that, when I dream, my dreams are not ordinary. You know, some people, when it comes to dream, once they dream and they tell you, you are in truth. You know that this one, like this guy, confirm. When they dream and they tell you, it's actually, you know, and there are some of us who just dream anyhow, just watch watching. You know, it's, it's, you know, dream is a very tricky stuff. But there are people who actually have it as, as a major stuff. Like, they don't just dream every time. Once they have a dream, it's actually a message. Now, some, so people who don't know how to now cultivate it, they can run into errors. So where the devil take advantage of certain things? Even the gift of prophecy. I had a friend who is very sound in the prophetic. Like, he's very sound. This guy from school is sound. When this guy sees you, he can tell you everything you did yesterday. His seeing eyes is so powerful. Lekon, currently he's a, he's, a, he's a pastor now, I think, somewhere in Lagos. It's like, if he sees you now, he says, pray with me. If he touches you, Lekon will tell you everything. So powerful. <laughs> but you know, one of the problems with these things is, if you are not now in a church where you are well taught about these things, you begin to do certain things that are outside of the will of God. Lekon began to threaten me with his gift. <laughs> you know, you know, and you'll be afraid. You know, somebody who always who is always correct. Somebody who comes to you and tells you, yesterday, this and this, and it's correct. Now, if the person now comes to tell you, as I'm looking at you, if you don't do this, if you, won't you do it? But I just became so I was like, ah, okay, you cannot judge me. What's on this one? So you know, if people are not well taught on how to cultivate their gift, they begin to see. That's why you see people be seeing, they'll be calling Richard Card, they'll be calling all of these things. That is not the purpose of the prophetic. So, the prophetic in the New Testament and the Old Testament have similarities, but the prophetic in the New Testament is not actually to begin to predict your future for you, to tell you things. It's actually, it comes as a form of confirmation. It comes as edification. So, when people who are prophets, who, are, who operate in prophetic gift, now begin to use it as a tool to, to manipulate, then there's a problem. So if we are not taught rightly some of these things, I met a prophet who told me, ah, you should not eat fish again. The problem is there are different kinds of fish. I don't even know which one. I should not eat fish again. As it, the, so, you know, all of these things happen. And that's how many families run into troubles. You know, there are people who, because they see, but because they are not taught how to cultivate these things, you know, somebody just says, there, there are even things you see, you don't see on the altar. You know, there are certain things you see. But you should just have ethics to know that you don't say certain things on the altar. But you just see people say things. You see husband and wife, and I'm telling him, sir, you are, you are, I can see a woman in your office. He's your secretary. <laughs> Two of you, you are holding each other. And the wife is there. And you are saying you are prophesying. What kind of prophecy is that? You know, all of these things, these are things that we see happening, right? So we need to understand these things as, you know, believers raising a young generation of people who actually know God and walk in God. So we cannot be swept around, you know, just here and there. There are prophecies you hear that you, be, you are afraid. You know, somebody gives you a prophecy and you are so afraid. All of these things happen. 
Amen. So the first thing you yourself need to know that you yourself, you have something. I have something to give actually. And I know it. I know what I operate in and I'm going to cultivate it. Amen. Amen. So once you know you have something to give, that makes you bold. You know, when you're in a place and you don't know if you have, it's just like you went for an interview and the questions they'll be asking you, you know you don't have the answers. You know you'll be jittery. Imagine going for an interview. Personally, I've never been jittery in any interview. Never. Never. I, I can't remember. There was one. I was now very jittery. I didn't know why I was so jittery. I was like, what's going on here? So, you'll be jittery when you're at the point where you think you don't know. But, you know, when you're in a place, let's say you are a a front-end developer and you have been doing it for years, you know, you have trained several people and somebody now comes asking you some questions, you know, what you already teach people, there's a confidence level you display. So you must know. See, whether you feel it or not, you have something to give. As long as you are a believer, as long as you have given your life to Christ, just like the scripture says, that except you are not a Christian, that's when the spirit is not in you. And as long as the spirit is in you, you have something to give. Amen. So say again, I have something to give. give. Alright. So, number two. How to cultivate your ministry. Number two. Feeding the source. Feeding the source. Now, I know that I have something to give. So mine may be that I can teach. I have the teaching grace. It operates well in me. Yours may be that you have healing flowing through your life. Yours may be that, and let's say this again, because of those who annoy some of our sessions, you know, one of the challenges with teaching is you'll be trying to balance things a whole lot. You know, people can just hear one thing and miss, miss out on certain things. Now, one of the things we have said here is that because I have a dominant gift operating in my life, does not mean I cannot operate in every other gift. We have established that here, right? So I'm saying this because of those who may not be here with us then. So that I operate in teaching grace now does not mean, because that is dominant in my life, does not mean I don't have access to operate in every other spiritual gift. So and the example we made then is that if I get married and I have three cars and I say this Benz you should be saying good, good things. This Benz is for Mrs. Ibitoe. Right? Now, if Mrs. Ibitoe now says, which one is higher than Benz? Eh? RMD. Rolls Royce. Okay. So, and I have Rolls Royce, right? And I've said the Benz is for Mrs. Ibitoe. So, because that Benz is tagged for Mrs. Ibitoe, it means she will be driving that Benz often. So when everybody sees the best, they will likely say, ah, mommy, Timbo. Right? But does that mean a day she wants to go to an event that Mrs. Adu and Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Oyeusi invited her. And you know women like when they are going for events like that, they want to go in there, they want to show off and all of that. So, does that mean she wants to dress for joy? For the, does that mean that Mrs. Sibitoe cannot say, today I'll be driving the Rolls Royce to this event? Does she have the power and access to? 
Does she have the power and access to say she wants to drive Rolls Royce? But what is the dominant car that she naturally would drive without any permission? The Benz. But if she now says she wants the Rolls Royce, will she have access to it? Why does she have access to it? So, the same way, because you have the spirit inside of you, even though it is healing that is dominant through you, or prophecy, you operate in the prophetic, does not mean that the day there is a need for any other gift, you cannot operate in it. Because you have the spirit. Amen. That has been established. Alright, so, I'm now saying that the second thing you need to do is that what? You feed the source. So, even though I know now that I have something in me, I now need to start doing what? Feeding the source of that which I have in me. Because with time, if I don't feed the source, it won't die. The truth is this thing doesn't die. Because the scriptures have made us understand that the Holy Spirit has come and will abide in you forever. But I can be inside of you and not have a voice. Amen. So something can be with you and not have a voice. That's the same way we see many women married to men who are not, who are not, whose head are not correct. And you begin to see that a woman who the Lord could have made somebody who could reach out to millions of souls with whatever she could do. But because the husband's head is not correct, you just see the woman tying wrapper in the house and doing all stuff. And gifts and graces are just dominant there without expression. Nobody here will marry an incorrect man in this yeah. You see, you know, men who are, who are scared of your success, men who are scared of, you know, some men are so insecure. When, when they see a lady who is doing stuff, they target pride. Like a lady who is going all out, you are trying to have vision, you are doing this. You say, this kind of women, if you tell her to sit down, she will not sit down. No, you are the one who has a problem. Do you understand? So you don't, you, don't, you don't associate with things that will make your gift silent. In fact, there are people, friends, who you even move with, who can make your gift silent. They just say things to you. They just say things to you that doesn't make you confident in that your skin. Imagine if you tell some, you're around your friends and the kind of conversation you're having. See, if your friends cannot call you as a believer confidently, when they have challenge and just say, can you pray for me? You have not gotten there. Like, your friends can't boldly say, ah, hello, I have this issue. Can you pray for me? That thing scares me and makes me feel graceful to God. Like, somebody can be bold enough to trust me to talk to God on their behalf. And that is when you have attained the height of your ministry. That men can, it means that you are now, it's not becoming visible to men. And this thing is for you as a believer, not for anybody as a pastor. So until we begin to correct this thing, that's how we cover the earth. See, you come to a point where your boss in the office can, sincerely it can happen. And I'm praying to God that everybody here, you know, as this church keeps growing, that my first focus is on quantity. That we'll be able to produce men that your boss in your office will be confused, your MD, and we'll just say, Shegun, can I see you? Say, sir, please. I'm going through so much stuff. Shegun, can you pray for me? Do you know how you will feel at that moment? The CEO of your company. Do you understand this thing? Do you know why? Do you know that was exactly what happened to Joseph? That was what happened to Joseph. And Joseph was in the house doing shakalabad, robokatabalagada. 
See, this thing is it exudes. It's something that I don't know how it is seen. But it is when you cultivate it, it will become visible. Amen. You know, there must be a way you must have been talking. When you are in some meetings, you know, when you are in meetings, you are in stuff, you are doing stuff, and you are not the kind of person, the first thing we said is you know that you have something, right? So when you are in conversations, you are not the kind of person who is saying, ah, sir, we don't even know if everything doesn't run down like this. So they are talking, uh, in the, ah, Corona has really affected us. Ah, sir, <laughs> the way these things are going, ah, wouldn't, there be, wouldn't this company collapse? No, no, no. You know, somebody will know he has something to give. There's a way you talk. You know, immediately, the same Peter, who could not see, who could, who could deny Jesus three times. When the spirit now came, it was the same one. Now, they have been passing that gate, seeing that guy at the beautiful gate. So it means that once you know you have something to give, your language changes. Immediately, he now said, we'll no longer give this guy tenera, such as we have. And the guy will be looking at them like, what are they saying? Something has changed. It changes your language. So you are not the type of person who goes to the office and they are in a meeting and say, ah, we don't even know self. We do. No, 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 no. You know, because you are talking from the place of, you know you have something to give. You, you have a task in the office and all of this, and they are saying things, and you are the one who is saying, ah, would this thing be possible? <sighs> no, 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 that should not be you. That should not be you. I worked with somebody recently, the lady is in the north. She's one of the finest human beings I've ever worked with in my life. Finest. If I have a company today, I will hand over it to that lady confidently. We have tasks, we have projects that normally we took up a project when I got to that company. That project ordinarily with senior consultants, maybe like two senior consultants, experienced two persons, and interns, like two interns, like six to seven persons on that project can take six months to run. Now, I was the only experienced person on the project. This lady knew nothing. She was more like, she knew nothing about it. And she told me, each time I'm talking with her, how are we going to be able to, we will do it. Every time, she just say, we will do it. And I'll be like, you don't even know this thing. She's just like, teach me. We started the project. Just two of us. There'll be some requests. And I'll be like, ah, how do we run this on the Excel? I don't know. She said, I mean, send it to me. We will do it. Ah. Now, that kind of a person, if I have a problem, excuse me, who will I discuss it with? Now, and believers will be in places and your kind of statement will be, ah, only God can help us. That's why you are there. You are the God on the street. Amen. Amen. So once you know you have something to give, you begin to talk in a different way and you begin to feed your source. So since I know that that thing I'm able to give, I'm only empowered by it through the Spirit, I begin to feed the Spirit. And that is where we miss it as because we attack members of the church. So we believe that it is the pastor of the church who should spend more time in Bible study. We believe that it is the pastor of the church who should spend more time in prayers. I don't think I'm interested in that idea of church. I'm interested in the idea of church where when the pastor is even saying something that may be going off guard, the members are already trained enough. You know, when you bring a guest minister and begins to say something and the member of the church, five persons, comes to the pastor. Sir, I don't think that thing that man says is accurate. That is the church. Because the people already know. So, you need to start feeding the source consistently. Amen. Amen. 
And the source of your ministry is nothing but the Spirit. And how do we feed it? Two ways. The word and prayers. So it must be your duty now to now start seeing that I need to now invest more in cultivating my heart of doing the word. You study the word. Now, one of the easiest ways to do it in this our generation is you listen to the word over and over. You can start from the place of your Sunday messages. Play it through the week. Now, that's one of the things I do. I listen to audio messages a lot. One of my guys called me and said, he's feeling bad, he's doing this, that. He's not able to read books. He's not able to read books. If he carry a book, he will not finish it. He has been feeling he's, he's powerless. He's, he's, uh, yeah, yeah. I was just like, you see, the problem is that you are trying to do things because of the way other people have always preached they do it. So that somebody comes here and say, ha, you are a believer and you don't read five books in a month. See, that's what works for him. So, yours may be that you are good with audios. The, the, the final point of this thing is just that something is what? Entering in your spirit. Whether by reading physically, by listening, something is entering your spirit. So you work with what works for you. Especially for those who do 9 to 5, you are stressed and you now want to compare yourself with me. Who work from home? I can say I pray for one hour, I wake up at 8 o'clock, I pray at 8 to 9. Where will you do that? Is it on Tom Milan Bridge? So you need to now rework something that works around your schedule. So you say to yourself, because me, I've already been, I'll be at Ogba, looking for VIP, 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 500 at 5 a.m. 5 a.m., you are there looking for. And most of these people, you see that immediately they enter the bus. <laughs> the next thing, <laughs> no sleep. Now, the next thing you will hear is, Obalende, Oba. And they come down. So, you know, we need to be realistic with these things. And I now want to tell you, because me, I'm at two, I work from home now. And sometimes I'm not even up until 7.30, 8 o'clock. And when I wake up 8 o'clock sometimes, I just... <laughs> so, okay, you see, wake up later than that. You see? <laughs> you see? So, you know, I, 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 it's convenient for me to do certain things. Now, there's somebody here who work in an office who don't use phone. They don't charge, they don't do all of that. They only do that one hour break. Now, imagine I'm now telling the person, and you have not listened to two messages today. As I'm walking from home, my message is playing on the background. I can do that. But you, you go to the physical office. <laughs> you will not be playing yagada. When do you understand? I'm trying to make these things very real. You know, we are we are a generation of people who do we work. So the question will now be, how do I really, you know, balance this thing where I'm consistent with word and prayer? Now, let me also tell you, don't be deceived. Those of us who even seem as though we have that liberty can be inconsistent. So it's not a product of because they are now... See, this is... See, preaching is not... We're not trying to win an award. I can be very inconsistent sometimes. I'm telling you. I'll wake up... The alarm does something. I press the alarm. I wake up in five minutes. Five minutes. You know, the, the, the most deception is that I'm at home now. So, I'll just be like, I'll wake up seven. When it's seven, I'll turn, 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 turn. I'll just wake up eight. Now, the danger of that is that now I work with a company where those that send me mails, they are two hours ahead of me in South Africa. 
So they are already up. Maybe you know their own nine o'clock. It's my own seven. So once I wake up around eight, and I just say, before I pray, let me check mails. I'll just see pam 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 mails. Meeting, 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 meeting. Now I run into those online meetings. And the problem with this thing is once you don't do it at the start of your day, there's a way that I don't know how it works. You now begin to struggle with it all through the day. So, what we need to do as 21st century believers is, first, you need to understand your own schedule and you understand yourself. So, if you are somebody who knows you do 9 to 5, you can plan your prayer into your journey. Amen. So, I'm going to the office. As somebody who knows I wake up, I'm tired, I can't do this, I plug my ear. I can say, before to, to reach into my office, I will listen to a message a day. See, let me tell you, if you can listen to even just three messages in a week consistently for one month, if I give you preaching here, you preach excellently. I'm telling you the truth. Go and try it. Just consistently listen to a message. Something will change. So, your first, your first attention to making sure you feed your spirit is not that, ah, I listen to 100 messages in a month. No. The first thing is that I am consistent in doing it. See, there's power in consistency more than volume. Now, consistency will now bring you to a place of volume. You see, you just discover that somehow you have stuff. So you can plan your life around your schedule. Don't plan your life based on what every other person says. Amen. So for me, now I discovered that I read a lot. Like, I read a lot. Then I read, I force myself to read. But I got with time now. I discovered that that has not been very easy. So I do audios. I, I listen to, in my car, I'm going anywhere, you see me. I, I do audios a lot. I'm always, this morning, yesterday night, till this morning, I was listening to a message, till this morning, till I got here. I'm always listening to something. So you know what that does? Somehow, my spirit is not empty. Amen. And once your spirit is not empty, you know, just like that saying, you cannot give what you don't have. But you know, I already told you, you have something. But you can have something that will be silent inside of you. You know, it's just like, is it bicep and kidney concept? That people call it. All this. Now, if you look at me now, I have. Oh. <laughs> I have. But because you don't have spiritual eyes. <laughs> because you don't have you know, see the potential of my biceps and triceps. Now, if I start to gym and it becomes visible, does that mean when I started gym, it was when it, 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 it came there? But what brought it out? Exercising it. Because I now began to give it the food it needed. So it gained the expression. So when the sisters see me, they say, this is the glory of God. You understand? But now I'm looking like a potential. <laughs> ah, I wish raw material. Ah, stop <laughs> so, so please, do we, do we really understand this thing? So we must become a church of guys. See, I'm so intentional about this. I'm telling you, this is my covenant with God. If I can make a people who live this thing daily, then I, my work is done. So it's not in the volume of what we say, it's not in the volume of all of these things. If you can do it, just try to be consistent, feeding your spirit, be deliberate about it. 
get messages. If it's books, you love reading, add copy books. Get add copy books. Just, if it can be once in two months, read a book. Like this, my brother and I have been reading one book for almost six months. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> if it looks serious, you just see, when I wake up, I'll just see the guy. You carry the book when he wakes up. It's a lie. You just, you know, when I see him, I'll just see him with the book. This book is six months. <laughs> the same book. I don't even know the title of that book again. You know? <laughs> if this book is not working for you, I can go and do it you. <laughs> he now saw me with one book recently. And it's like, eh? You have finished the book? I said, ah, I'm moving to the next one. Say, ah, I'm getting it. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, you know, the, the thing is, just make sure every time something is entering your spirit. See, don't be any time that you are not feeding your spirit. And it cannot be a Sunday stuff. It cannot just be what we do here on Sunday. You see, the work of what we do here on Sunday is to set you in motion for what you will do in the week. So, there are things I would have said here that would have touched somewhere in you. Go ahead. Now, for me now, let me tell you, as I, one of the things I do is, next month, what we treat next month now, I'll begin to look for messages that speak around it. I just begin to hear. I begin to hear. So don't think some of these things we say here is just, ah, Rema, oh, deep. The entire we just come and say what has been taught by somebody. I'm telling you. Because the word is saying, is the spirit that makes it new. So there are just things I'll just say that may be outside of what I've heard before. But the truth is, this thing is already established. So, guys, consistency with feeding your spirit is how to cultivate your ministry. So you begin to discover that boldness now begins to come to you. You are now bold enough to approach somebody to say, you see, there are people who have prophetic gift here. I'm telling you, I can see it. There are people who have prophetic gift here, but you are not bold because you have not been feeding your spirit. So when you go to somebody, you are afraid. Is this nice? said? Is it correct or not correct? And one of the things with exercising the spiritual gift is that, see, sometimes you will make mistake. You make mistake. Yeah, sometimes you will not see it well. Now, sometimes you see it, it'll be like a butterfly. You don't know it's laba laba. So, you just... So, but the more you begin to exercise it, they say, my time is up. How many minutes are you guys giving me? <laughs> eh? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> what? Let me go disobey this month. <laughs> you know, who I started. So, from next month, I will start a new life. <laughs> Let me disobey this month. <laughs> So, please, I'm begging you. Can I, can I stop? They're already looking at me. Can I, should I stop? I should stop. Because somebody's already looking at me somehow. So, really, so the, the, the idea of this is that you must make a covenant with yourself to consistently feed your spirit. Make sure you are praying. Even when you are weak, be praying. When you are weak, at your weakest moment, just like Bishop Francis Waleuke said, he said, a little shambalaba here, a little shambalaba here. Now these things help. Just make sure you are doing something. Even at your weakest moment, make sure you are praying. Amen. Now let me say this lastly on that. When you now know you are at a point where it looks in, it's looking so, so tough, one of the gifts you can enjoy is the gift of brethren. So I do it a lot. That time I'm just, I do, I wanted to take a job recently, two, two, two years ago. Yeah, I wanted to take a job. And I became confused. I became afraid. I was so afraid. I was so bothered. 
And I met one woman in, ah, God, I was so afraid. I didn't know, should I take this job? Should I take this job? My, the, the employer I was leaving was calling me all the way from, she's not based in Nigeria, she was begging me. She was telling me, and maybe she already knew I'm a Christian and all of that. She was not telling me the vision the Lord gave me. Did this, ah, me too, I'm not looking. Ah, am I to do this vision with this woman? Am I, the vision, has it? so I became confused. Should I leave this job? Should I take the next one? And the next one was going to pay me for fire and all of that. But then that wasn't the focus. And I met one woman in Songo. All these people who just, you know, just say, ah, Madame will, ah, Hey, I, you know, I was in a moment of ah, something like, hmm, don't try it though. It just came like that and don't try it. Don't ah, the fear just overwhelmed me again. I was like, ah, God, I should leave this job. I should not take this job. I just called two of my friends. And we just had a night. And we prayed. And that was it. And I knew what to do. So there are times like that that when you are weak. Every one of us have vulnerable moments. Don't let, there's nothing like, ah, superpower, all along. Vulnerable moments. So when you invest much in word and prayer, then also the gift of friends, when you know you are at your lowest moment. Just call two or three persons. Pray with me on this. Let's pray together. You can pray for three days, four days. Just make sure your spirit is what? Being fed. Because that is the source of what you have. So don't remain a potential like me in bodily. Let the triceps, let us see it. Amen. Amen. All right. Ah, this is interesting. Though. I still have three to go. But let's stop here. I don't know. Next month, has how many Saturdays? How many Sundays? Four? Okay. Uh, okay. We are not going to rush it because the essence is not really just to be doing monthly team. I mean, what is it called? That's not the essence. The essence is that men are made. So we won't rush it. We'll go ahead. We'll continue next week. Let's be on our feet. Father, we thank you. We bless you, Jesus, for your spirit is here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you play something in the background? Can you play something in the background? Yes. Strings. Bless you, Jesus. Now, what's going to happen is that the Lord will begin to do stuff with your spirit. Now, I'm going to allow you, once you know you have, you have, sorry, now, once you have a word or you have a prophecy, or you have a song, just come to the front and meet me here. Please, I want us to do it fast. Just connect. This is how it works. There's no, there's no magic about it. Just come to the front and meet me here. In the next 10 minutes, I want us to do this. Apologies, we just need to do this. And I already said it, we do it. It could be a song. The Lord could bring a song to your spirit. The Lord could bring a song to your spirit. It could be a word for somebody. Zula And you must not be afraid. There's no mistake. I told you already, you have it in you. Zikala Marando Kula Bianega, Zikalu Verano, Sukalemene, Kitabele, Belegadia, Reda Suzuvanania, 
The Lord will lay, it could be a scripture, it could be a scripture that the Lord is putting in your heart. Just come forward here to meet me. Let's minister one to another. It could be a song you just hear in your spirit. Activation of the spirit of men. Yes, the Lord is opening your eyes to see visions. Some people will see visions. Visions, you see it clearly. Masina Marani be confident enough. Don't be afraid. Just come forward here. Once you have a word, you have a prophecy, you have a song, you have you have a tongue. Just come forward here. Let's minister one to another.
a word for someone in the house. The Lord said to me that um, you are hot. Someone offended you. You are hot. And he's saying, forgive the person. I perceive the Lord wants to do something in your life. But that thing, that ought, is hindering what he wants to do. He's hindering it. Remember the scripture that says, when we pray, when we stand to pray, we should forgive. We should forgive. And um, he also said that you, you are, you are, you are prone to ought, meaning that um, you find it easy to be offended. You get offended easily, like you. It is, it is part of you. And I see the Lord saying that He's correcting that, He's fixing that. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we have like two more presents. We need to just come forward. And two more persons. I don't know why, why some people are not. You don't have to be afraid of doubt what you are seeing or hearing. Come forward, please. Come forward so fast. We don't have time. We don't have time. Come forward. Two persons, particularly, I can see. You can come forward, come forward, come forward. Where's the second person? Brava Sukata. Come forward, yes. Masila Rofu, Sante Milania Sikataya, Nikatu, Brande Gita, Vilanosu, Sekila Gita, Onga will be quenched, yes. Masola Kata, let's go. Praise God. So, God gave me a scripture, Psalm 4, verse 8. So, I opened the scripture and it says, I will, look, I will both lay down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. So when that scripture came, I heard the word troubled heart. I don't know who it's for, but there's an assurance of peace from God. And there's an assurance of safety. So it doesn't matter what is going on. It doesn't matter the circumstances of life. The peace of God which surpasses every human understanding is resting upon you. And he's giving you his peace. Not the peace of the world, but the peace that comes from God. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Next person. Awesome. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, while I was praying, God gave me a scripture. So I wasn't sure if it's actually for me or for the church. So I just had to just come out. Um, Romans chapter 11. At first, um, <coughs> when um, the minister came out, when we were praying, the Lord told me that I, you've been trying, but it's not time for me to come in. So, you've been using your own effort. And then when pastor was preaching again, it was in line. And then when I was praying again, it was in line. So, it was like, so you, these scriptures, he said, God has not rejected his chosen, destined people, destined people. Haven't you heard Elijah's testimony in the scripture and how he prays to God, agonizing over Israel? He said, Lord, they've murdered your prophet, they've demolished your they demolished your altar. Now I'm the only one left and they want to kill me. But what was the revelation God spoke to him? He said, you are not alone for I have preserved a remnant for myself. 
for myself 7,000 others who are faithful, who have refused to worship her. And that is, that is but one example for what God is doing in this age of fulfillment. For God's grace empowers his choosing. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. You are not alone. You are not alone. Yeah. Great. Yes, sir. Praise God. So it's you said it's dress for joy. Drunk for joy. And dance for joy. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Awesome. So so that's that's how we flow, right? That's how we flow. We don't have to do anything magical. Do you, do you have anybody who's, who could just who, who wants to share anything? Any other person? to share anything. Awesome. Okay, great. Please. That's how we flow. That's how we flow. It's natural. It's normal. It's not It's not force. It's not anything. It's just flows. Amen. I have a word for someone. Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. The Lord has said to you that you are his son. This day, he has begotten thee. Amen. This day, he has begotten thee. Yeah, it's powerful. Okay, come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward. Merit. Awesome. See, I'm sorry, you know, there are times we need to take the time. We are not wasting time, right? We need to practice these things. This is what we teach. Awesome. Praise the Lord. There's a connection in everything they have been saying, right? Now, there's a shepherd of your soul. There's rest coming. There's peace coming. And you are not alone. So, these are words of comfort. Words of comfort. Everybody, everybody saying, pointing to one thing or the other. Amen. So, this is church. This is what we do. And, you know, we keep, we keep doing this. And please don't forget those words. Practice it. We'll continue next week. Thank you, Jesus. His Great House, the Home of Peace.